0: Up next, he goes to a business meeting and doesn't come back.
1: The meeting was normal. What happened after was not normal.
0: His kidnappers seemed capable of anything.
2: The man on the other end said, if you don't start sending the money, we are going to start selling body parts like his liver.
3: It was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe what they were accused of doing. The case leaves a
0: money trail all over the globe. Follow the money. Follow the money. Follow the money. Ultimately, the money leads detectives to a huge lake, a hard place to find evidence. We're talking about trying to find a needle in a haystack at this point. It's
4: really opened our eyes to how evil people can be and uh, use water as a method of uh, getting rid of bodies.
0: When he was seven years old, Alex Yumansky and his family immigrated to the U.S. from Ukraine. The family settled in Los Angeles. Like many first-generation immigrants, Alex embraced America as a land of limitless opportunity.
1: His parents moved here for a better life, like all of us. You know, we, the situation uh, in our country wasn't that easy. I think all the immigrants are like that.
5: Alex Yumansky was young, good-looking, vibrant guy who was trying to make his way in this world. He had started his own business uh, called Hardwired Auto Accessories. They would put in uh, fancy uh, equipment in your car such as televisions and cameras.
0: Alex's business took off and he soon found love with another Ukrainian immigrant.
1: I fell in love with his personality. We got engaged and we were looking to get married. I just recently saw a video from our engagement party and it was a full house dancing and singing the whole time.
0: <laughs> On the night of December 12, 2001, Alex got the kind of call a hard-charging entrepreneur loves. He had a new client with deep pockets.
1: He got a phone call in the evening. Usually he speaks English. He spoke Russian too, but his Russian was like not as good as English. So he suddenly started speaking Russian, and it was a good conversation. He hung up, and he was very excited.
0: This new client wanted to spend a lot of money on a state-of-the-art stereo system for his wife's car.
1: He said, uh, the person said money is not an object, so that's always a good thing for a business. It was his thing, it was his baby. This business was his baby.
0: Alex and the caller made plans to meet the next day. After that meeting, Alex didn't come home and dropped out of contact. It's just radio
3: silence. Um, People are paging him, trying to reach him. It was very strange for him to just completely go off the radar.
1: His two managers started calling me. They said, we can't reach him, we can't reach him. We don't know what happened. I started calling. We couldn't reach him.
0: Early the next day, Alex's worried father went to his office to see if he was there. He wasn't. But something unexpected was. His father found a fax,
5: an invoice from a company they had never heard from, in the amount of $234,628 and demanding the payment of that money. And that same, at that same time, his brother, Michael, up in uh, San Francisco, received a similar fax demanding a similar amount of money.
0: A terrified Alex soon called and said he'd been kidnapped. The people holding him got on the phone and left no doubt his life was in danger.
6: They made a threat to do things like cut off Alex's fingers if the money wasn't paid, to um, sell his body parts, his kidney, his liver, um, if the money wasn't paid.
0: Alex's kidnappers ordered his family to immediately send the ransom money to Dubai, the largest city in the United Arab Emirates.
1: I left Ukraine to get away from all the crime that was happening in the 90s. So we were all in shock that something like this is happening in L.A.
0: Investigators believed Alex was being held somewhere in Los Angeles. The original ransom notes came from Russia. The kidnappers ordered that the payments be wired to a British bank in Dubai. The case had gone global, and time was running short.
5: changes it dramatically. This is not just some local gang of thugs who grab somebody from the street, but a group that has tentacles around the world, potentially. This was going to take some time to figure out who these abductors were, and unfortunately for Alexander Yumansky, time was working against him.
0: In phone calls to the Umansky family, recorded by the FBI... Alex Yomensky's kidnappers, all apparently native Russian speakers, insisted his ransom be paid immediately. We
2: were trying to be able to locate the kidnappers, of course, in the phone. There were no GPSs back then in 2001 in these cell phones.
4: People see
5: TV shows and they're like, well... You can trace the phone calls and things like that. Not so simple when you have calls of very short duration happening on phones that are
0: prepaid cell phones that somebody is getting in a fictitious name with a fictitious address. The Umansky family didn't have the kind of money Alex's kidnappers demanded, but they quickly rounded up part of the ransom payment. They wired $90,000 to Dubai with a promise that more was coming.
1: We also were constantly asking for proof of life So he was getting on the phone, on and off, and he was alive.
0: That wasn't the only good news. Someone, apparently one of the kidnappers, had used Alex's debit card less than 24 hours after he went missing. A surveillance camera captured this image of the man.
2: He put his hand on his nose or covering his face a little bit because he knew he was being photographed while he withdrew the money. In the background, you can see a light-colored SUV.
0: The make of this white SUV was identified, but the surveillance camera did not capture the license plate. The problem was that there were thousands of vehicles just like this one in the greater Los Angeles area. Investigators were racing against the clock to find Alex before he was killed. And now they got another surprise break. Alex Umansky's father saw something on a West Hollywood telephone pole something he normally might not have noticed it was a poster about a woman who'd recently disappeared Reuven Alex's
3: dad sees her missing posters around West Hollywood and thinks strange that two Russian you know Russians are missing um, and he forwards that information to the FBI 39
0: year old Rita Peckler went missing one week before Alex Umansky disappeared Rita was a Russian national, another immigrant to America with deep ties to the post-Soviet émigré communities in Southern California. How
3: strange it is that two Ukrainian Russians are missing in this small area of Los Angeles. For Rita Peckler, it was a mystery since no money had been demanded.
5: Why was she kidnapped? And what is the connection between Peckler and Umansky,
0: two people who had seemingly never met each other before in their lives? Investigators soon learned of more immigrants who had apparently been kidnapped.
6: The FBI learned that two additional Russian speaking individuals had been um, kidnapped. One of them was George Sofiev, uh, the other was Nick Karabatsi. Nick and George had started a movie production
0: company. This film company was based in the Los Angeles area, the last place these producing partners were seen before they disappeared. And there was a direct connection to Rita Peckler. She took care of the business side of their company.
6: Rita Peckler was actually their accountant. Now they had four potential victims, all from the Russian community or from the former Soviet Union, um, who seemed to have some dealings with Russian-speaking individuals shortly before their disappearance.
0: So many questions and so few answers. But for now priority number one was to locate the victims and hopefully find them alive. When four people from greater Los Angeles were kidnapped, investigators from the U.S. and all over the world were on the case. And all of them came to the same conclusion on the best way to find the kidnappers.
6: One of the most important parts of the investigative process in this case involved um, the good old adage of follow the money.
2: What was unusual about this kidnapping for me and probably anybody is that we had overseas transfers
3: of money requested. The agents have no leads, but one big one is follow the
0: money. Across the globe, the vast majority of financial transfers are handled electronically. The system is designed, for obvious reasons, to leave a record. But some countries have notoriously opaque oversight on these transactions. The kidnappers apparently hoped this would be the case with the United Arab Emirates, the UAE.
2: When this came along, it was everything was uncharted territory. We have no treaty with the UAE.
0: But law enforcement in the UAE proved eager to help the investigation.
6: That turned out later to be a very critical um, link in helping the FBI uh, to determine who the kidnappers were.
0: The FBI and UAE investigators were able to target the Dubai bank where the ransom payments were sent, and they arrested two Russian nationals who picked up those payments.
2: It turns out they didn't know anything about the ransom proceeds, they were basically pawns doing a service for somebody else. Uh, but that was their, their uh,
0: compartmentalized role. These men immediately cooperated with investigators and turned over all documentation related to their instructions to pick up the money. Investigators soon discovered the ultimate destination for the ransom payments.
3: That money all came back to Los Angeles to a small business on a little strip of Ventura Boulevard in the Valley, an aquarium store named Designed Waterworld. Designed Waterworld turns out to be a business that was owned by Yuri
5: Mikhail and Jurijus Kadavas. Yuri McCall was from Moscow. Uh, he did have criminal history there. Jurigius Kadavis was a former citizen of Lithuania who had no criminal history in the United
3: States, but was another person who appeared to live beyond his means. They owned houses throughout the area. McKell lived in Encino, in a really beautiful house in the hills. So it really started to raise questions about who these two people really were.
0: The pair's phones were tapped and all their business interests were surveilled. This turned up an interesting potential clue in the person of an apparent employee Einar Altmanis, himself an immigrant from the former Soviet Union. They followed Mr. Altmanis around for days. He
5: was driving a white Lincoln Navigator, which appeared to be the car that was captured in the ATM surveillance video connected to the Yamansky kidnapping.
0: Was this man Einar Altmanis or one of his employers? It was impossible to say. But were the kidnapped victims' lives possibly in the balance? and plenty of potential evidence, authorities searched all of the alleged kidnappers' businesses and uncovered a treasure trove of evidence. They
6: executed 19 uh, search warrants that day where they collected all kinds of evidence, guns, silencers, demo drill that was used to sedate the victims, bank records that tied back to the many uh, money transfers of the ransom proceeds that were later traced.
0: Yuri Mikkel, Dorigis Katamovas, Einar Altmanis and one more member of the suspected kidnap gang were arrested. Investigators were all but convinced the kidnap victims had been killed. But if the bodies couldn't be found, proving murder would not be easy.
6: They had very, very compelling evidence, but they did not have the bodies.
5: It wouldn't be optimal to try a case involving a murder if you don't have the body.
0: February of 2002, four men in Los Angeles were arrested for the kidnapping of a group of immigrants from Eastern Europe. One of these men, 42-year-old Einar Altmanis, wanted to make a deal with prosecutors. So
5: Altmanis came in to be interviewed, and the very first question that he was asked by the agents was, where are the victims? What happened to the victims? And he slammed his hands down on the table, and he said,
0: He knew everything, and he said, they're gone. They're all gone. Altmanis said the victims' bodies had been dumped in the New Malonis Reservoir, about 350 miles north of Los Angeles.
5: You're looking at one of the larger reservoirs in California, and it's 300 feet deep. It still strikes you as trying to find a needle in a haystack to find four human beings
6: at the bottom of a reservoir that big and that deep. He led them to the locations uh, where the bodies were dumped. The bodies were driven up to Northern California, and they were dumped off of one of two different bridges um, with waist tied around their bodies.
0: There are all sorts of forensic disciplines, but very few people are expert at finding corpses in large bodies of water. The Ralstons, Gene and his wife Sandy, had been at it for decades.
4: Since we started using this equipment in August of 2000, we have found 127
0: victims underwater. All of the people found by the Rolstons were drowning victims. But whether the victims died through accident or murder, the technology is the same. It allows investigators to use sound to see in deep water, in places sunlight can't penetrate.
4: The equipment is called side-scan sonar. It uses sound to generate images of things, much like medical ultrasound, in that it uh, casts a beam of sound out and then it listens for the return reflection. Anything that's on the bottom will have a shadow behind it uh, because the transducer housing the system is towed about 15, 10 to 15 feet
0: off of the bottom. A device called a towfish is dragged below the waterline, it sends out a sound signal that bounces back to a monitor, creating accurate images of the bottom of a body of water. If a human body is on the bottom, it reads differently than things that would normally be down there.
4: Side scan sonar enables us to see things uh, with sound that you could not see by light. Uh, Generally, the object you're searching for has a higher density, therefore a greater uh, intensity of return signal. The more dense the object is, the greater the reflectivity.
0: The recovery team went to the spots Einar Altmanis said the bodies were dumped, two bridges that span the reservoir. The Rolstens, with a lot of experience reading these images, immediately recognized four anomalous shapes on the bottom of the reservoir. They told police these were human bodies.
5: The bodies were ultimately recovered through a submersible device with a hook.
0: This image was later identified as the body of George Safiev. Close by was the body of Nick Karabatsi. Rita Peckler's body was found under another bridge. The last body to be brought up from the bottom of the reservoir was Alex Yumansky's.
1: They absolutely destroyed this parent's life. What they've done to their son, they completely destroyed them. They could never recover from this. They're they're different people from that time on. I think he deserves to be remembered. That's how good he was.
0: Authorities ultimately learned of a fifth kidnap victim. 58-year-old real estate developer Meyer Muscatel had been kidnapped in October. His body was found by a fisherman at the reservoir months earlier. Why had these five people been targeted? Their families would be the least likely to report their kidnapping to law enforcement. As
5: one would imagine, there's a deep level of mistrust in the Soviet Union between the citizenry and the government. And so if something happened to you, the government
0: wouldn't be the first thought in your mind to run to to ask for help. The kidnappers thought, incorrectly with some of the victims, that they all had access to large amounts of cash. Rita Peckler was targeted simply to lure her employers into the plot. The victims were all killed simply for money. More than $1 million was ultimately paid out. Essentially, this blood
6: money was was their income, their, their livelihood. And that money was then traced laboriously, painstakingly by the FBI and with the help of special agents from the IRS to the purchase of high-end luxury items such as payments on a a Ferrari, uh, the purchase of mink coats, the purchase of cars, the purchase of
0: homes. Prosecutors believe Alex Yumansky met the same fate as the other victims. He was lured to his death on the pretense of a normal business meeting. Soon after he arrived and was subdued, he was kept alive just long enough to let his family members know he was in mortal danger. As soon as some of the money arrived, He was suffocated with a plastic bag and strangled. All the bodies were weighted down and thrown into the reservoir. The killers thinking the ransom money couldn't be traced and the bodies never found. But money leaves a trail. And thanks to new technology, in this case, so did the victim's bodies. Einar Altmanis received a sentence of 23 years. Co-conspirator Petro Krylov got life in prison. The ringleaders, Yuri Mikhail and Jorijis Kadimovas, were found guilty of kidnapping and killing all five victims. Both men, convinced they'd get rich committing crimes that couldn't be traced, were sentenced to death.
6: Those particular death verdicts were the first death verdicts that had been returned by a jury uh, in the Central District of California at that time in over 50 years.
2: It
5: was critically important to be able to have that technology to recover those bodies. If at the end of the day, we knew there were bodies down there, but couldn't identify where they were, couldn't find them, couldn't recover them, that would have ultimately been very difficult for the victim's families members to handle, as well as difficult for our case and the evidence that we needed to present at our trial.